Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. Stacy, Will you be my legally incestuous wife? Yes. Everyone stay and eat cake or go to hell! <laughs> Hello out there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Kind of. We'll get to that in a second. I'm glad you've joined us. It's our last release of 2021. That's insane. 2021 has really just felt like, I don't know, a continuation of the awful from last year. So it's crazy to me that it's ending, that the dawn of another year is beginning. But on the flip side of that coin, the year of podcasting in 2021 has been great. We started this year with our biggest thing ever, our Joel McHale interview, and we're ending it with this. So let's get into it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Zach, and I'm a lonely boy today. You see, we don't have Stephen Baker. No Stephen Baker today. I'm just as bummed out about it as you are. It's Christmas week as I'm recording this. It's a busy time for us boys. We're playing with our new toys uh, plugs, chains, all the various things that we've received to enjoy together this holiday season has really just filled up all of our time amongst other, <laughs> has really just filled up all of our time amongst other things. And because of that, we couldn't get a full typical episode out to you guys this week. But because I am super anal and I will not allow the podcast feed to go empty for a week, I've whipped up a little something together, so we're going to get into that today. Stay with us. If you haven't listened to what I'm here to give to you today yet, stick around. It's going to be fun. Well, let's get things started right off the top by shouting out the people that are so important to us. Those are our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash... Don't forget the slash, slash, Can't Disappoint Podcast. Those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, Ace, 
Brian Thurman, and Plains Walker Prez. We appreciate all of you very much. You help keep the lights on around here. And if we had just a couple more names added to that list, we would have been able to afford Steven for this uh, bonus thing that I'm recording. But but that's neither here nor there. Thank you to all those people for supporting us. And if you like what we do here and you want to support us further, you can do that over at patreon.com slash podcast. Starting at $5 a month, you can get all kinds of exclusive Patreon content, our weekly live pre-show, you can't dis a pre-show that we do every week over there. A lot of fun. As we dive into 2022, it's going to be a big year for us. Next week, we'll dive back into Community Season 4, and it's going to be the end of Season 6 before you know it, and we'll be at the dawn of whatever comes post-community, post-you-can't-disappoint-a-podcast. It's hard to imagine that right now, and we've still got a lot of time left, excited for all that's ahead as far as community is concerned. But if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing next, what we're doing on top of things, if you're invested in Zach and Steven and you want to hang out with us for the long run, Patreon is a great place to be on the up and up of that. So come check us out if you like us. We'd appreciate it. Also, I want to give a shout out at the top of today's impromptu, uh, out of the ordinary show to our community papa at communities on Twitter, the man who purchased all the toys and plugs and and various knobs and and whips that Stephen and I are playing with this holiday season. We wouldn't be able to do that without our truly beloved community papa, who I hope is still uh, fond of us after the comments we made last week. I haven't heard from it. I haven't heard from him about it. I don't I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But anyway, thanks at communities on Twitter. If you don't follow them, they're where it's at as far as the community fandom online is concerned. Follow them. And yeah, let's talk about what we're here for today. So we couldn't get a traditional episode out this week. I still wanted to do something, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to share with you guys if you haven't seen it yet because I guess I haven't pushed it as much as I should have, that about a month, maybe two months ago, I got to interview Eric Charles Nielsen, Community's Garrett, with friend of the show and host of Six Seasons in a Podcast, Alex, who uh, invited me on to do this with him as an episode of Six Seasons in a Podcast. Steven and I have been on it as a guest before. That was a lot of fun. Uh, But this time I got to help man the helm with Alex and interview Eric Charles Nielsen. It's Fitting that Steven's not here right now because he also wasn't here for the interview. I I like to think it's because I'm a favorite, but I I think it's really just because I'm a little overeager. Well, anyway, I don't know if all of you have heard this or not yet, and I wanted to put something out this week, which, by the way, I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas. This will come out a couple days after Christmas, and I hope your Christmas was great, whether it's a little more normal this year, whether it's Just as strange, if not stranger, than last year. I hope you had a good time. I hope you were surrounded by people you love and and that you laughed and that you got all the stuff you wanted or got to get the reactions out of the people that you wanted from the stuff that you got them. I just hope you had it all. Uh, But we're going to move into what I've got for you today. My interview alongside Alex as a part of Six Seasons in a Podcast with Eric Charles Nielsen, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Garrett. It was so cool to talk to him. I'm so glad that Alex asked me to do this with him. And I want to give a quick shout out to Alex before I press the old play button on the interview. Alex is just the man. He's been really going at it strong with Six Seasons in a Podcast for years now. He's talked to everyone. If you don't know his podcast, it's the go-to show 
for interviews with the cast and creatives behind Community. It's a treasure trove of stories and experiences uh, from the show that we all love so much. And while there are so many of us that do this episodic rewatch thing, which is a lot of fun, Six Seasons in a Podcast is truly the end-all be-all because it's from the people who made the show talking about being on the show, and it's still so crazy and weird to me that now I get to be a part of it in a, in a little way by sharing this conversation with Eric Charles Nielsen with Alex. I hope you stick around. I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to come back after the interview to wrap this thing up, to say goodbye to y'all, and maybe shed a little insight, uh, some of my thoughts on the chat I got to have with Eric. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk about what's the episode called cooperate this is i i didn't write it down i'm not looking i'm guessing i watched the episode because we kind of mix things around it uh, i'm excited to talk about that next week but it's a weird title you know cooperative escapism of or in familial relations we'll be back to talk about that next week and i'll see you after the show let's do this here's my interview with gary come on Hi, I'm Alex. This is Six Seasons in a Podcast, a podcast dedicated to interviews with the cast, crew, fans. Sometimes I talk to fans. Sometimes I, I don't know. I talk to a, a lot of people about the this show we love, this NBC hit in quotes. I don't know. It definitely was on NBC. That's not what I was We're quoting. still talking about it. Yeah, we're still talking about it. Eat that. I prefer to think of it as the uh, flagship series for Yahoo Screen, personally. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's community, and I won't spoil it yet, but this week I will introduce my co-host from You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Zach Pruitt. Thanks for joining me, Zach. How are you? Hello. Very honored to be here. I'm great. Always happy to hang out with you, Alex. Awesome. Love having you here. Well, Zach, uh, our guest is one of the beloved meat puppets who <laughs> joins us uh, in the show very early in season one. Uh, all the way through season six, uh, if you are guessing at home, he, as well as an actor, is a comedian who appeared on Conan and a bunch of stuff. Check out his IMDb. Community fans will know him as Garrett Lambert. Eric Charles Nielsen, welcome to Six Seasons and a Podcast. Hi, Alex. Hi, Zach. Hello. Thanks for being here. Do you know where the Meat Puppets term came from? I've never actually heard that. You never Really? Heard, really? I've heard Muppets. Um, okay. They called you Muppets. But that's sometimes? not what Muppets is short for. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably for the best. That would be really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um I think Dan would say it sometimes, and I, I don't know if he he coined it, but uh yeah, I don't that's really funny. Yeah. I, I've I've never I mean I've heard the expression not in reference to I guess the recurring characters on community. So yeah. yeah. You're ahead of me right now already. I'm, oh, yeah. okay. Well, so question one, not a problem. Um, but I would say this, you know, it's great having you on to talk about your character, you know, because Garrett, we get introduced pretty early into the show. And, you know, I, this is like the, the burning question of like, how do you see Garrett? Like, tell me what, you know, about Garrett. That's actually interesting because uh, I, I've actually been rewatching the show or at least the, the episodes I've Ooh. been in. The last couple of weeks, because I, I just got on uh, Cameo, the app, the, the website yeah. Cameo. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, what kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, what kind of community related quotes and expressions can I <laughs> use uh, to wish people a happy birthday or whatever? <laughs> yeah. So I've been going back over like, OK, this is what Garrett says in season one. And here are the four episodes he's in. And and the one thing I noticed that was very interesting to me uh, and maybe to no one else is. <laughs> 
I feel like Garrett or the purpose of Garrett kind of evolves a couple times over the course of the season, the series. Because yeah. I feel like in in like starting out, I was thinking, okay, Garrett, he's the guy who's always panicking because something bad is always happening to him. <laughs> You know, he's like, ah, I'm, something happened. I, 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 I've fallen down. It hurts. <laughs> and, you know, doing that voice. Uh, but interestingly, I, and I feel like that's kind of a thing that comes from my stand-up. There's a lot of, a lot of panicking, a lot of uh, over-the-top stuff. But in season one in particular, and onward into season two and even three, like, I feel like the recurring joke in season one is not that Garrett is flustered or that bad things are happening to him it's, it's that he's weirdly intense <laughs> so you have garrett uh you know saying all right i i have to leave now i have to leave now and you know he's singing to a rat like row 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 yes. your boat classic and he's chillaxing duh and it's still sunny and it's like none of it is panicking and i i think kind of what turned it uh, was the, I mean, the first paintball episode where mm-hmm. Garrett is, you know, the lone survivor or non-survivor of some kind of paintball attack. And he tells Jeff, oh, this is, you know, everything was normal. And then they announced the prize. And, you know, this is not over. This is still happening right now. And I, I don't know if that was intended as specifically a Garrett thing. Hmm. Like, it's more like a, Oh, in this genre of movie, they usually come across the lone survivor of some kind of attack who is yeah, shell-shocked or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think that after that, you know, I think that because it went well, they kept putting me in that role, just like the guy who, you know, is trapped in something or fell off of something <laughs> or is, you know, just overwhelmed by day-to-day life. Uh, and yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it, but it was, it's interesting that that kind of shift was made. And then, you know, I, uh, I think the last season in particular, they kind of, they did a lot to expand that. Cause I feel like in, you know, in the last season you have, I mean, I think you had more time for some of these recurring characters and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe fewer non-recurring characters. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I feel like I got to, I mean, that was probably the season I had the most fun shooting because I got to, you know, yes, I got to have Frisbees dropped on my head. And yes, I, you know, but I also got to have a one man show where I make fun of Vicky and I got to, <laughs> you know, call out the Dean. And obviously I got to get married. Uh, so it was like, okay, this guy can't be panicking all the time. He can't be weirdly. Well, maybe he can be weirdly intense the whole time, but uh <laughs> the, you know, so, so what is he when he's not doing that? And it, it it's, you know, and I, I honestly, through most of the run of the show, I, I and this is, uh, I tended to think of myself as like the guy in the orchestra who plays the triangle. <laughs> you know, like everyone yeah. else has all these parts. And, you know, what I got is uh, every so often I get up and I'm like, ding! And you and nail I gotta it hit every it exactly time. the right time and I got to hit it exactly the right pitch or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, you know, which is, yeah. is a lot of fun. Because it's like, oh, it, this is what I have to do. And it's the only thing I have to do. And I, I, I don't need to do anything other than hit that button as hard as I can hit it. That, that's great. Yeah, and it's so memorable. 
we remember the every line and as you were talking just now and, and rattling a bunch of them off you it's just absolutely you know pitch perfect for you know me- memorizing those lines and, and re-saying those lines so um, it's awesome I, I currently have Craig Kakowski saying uh, singing his part uh, you know so Officer Kakowski he you know uh, he was on the yeah. show and he he sings the uh, love is not admissible evidence um, we but, just talked about that episode today Classic. oh did you Love and it. and so that's my ringtone because he sang it on my show on the podcast. Wow! Um, I'm I might a- ask for a crisis alert and might change just saying my ringtone. You don't want to hear that. You don't <laughs> okay. want to hear that okay. like okay. five okay. times a day. You're getting uh-huh. five calls a day. That's a normal number of calls. I actually have my phone on silence most most. Oh, of the me time, too. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm just saying if there's a crisis alert that uh, that shows up, uh, it might become my ringtone. Um, <laughs> At least from when my wife calls. Um, <laughs> it'll, it'll be just alert. This is a ringtone. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> you just made hundreds of people's day. Oh god, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but also support his cameo because that's awesome too. Yeah. Um, so um yeah, so you mentioned it and you know, because I think we'll go back, you know, we're doing some Tarantino action with storytelling <laughs> of of of, yeah. like, of narrative of, of what we've been talking about. So I would like to do a flashback to talk about your relationship with TV and kind of like what kind of shows did you grow up on? Because this is I love hearing the 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 different swath of shows that people have been into. I mean, honestly, I, I growing up, I didn't watch that much television i i remember i used to watch uh you know star trek pretty much all of the star treks that were nice. on at the time uh i remember you know watching a lot of basketball games i i wouldn't call myself somebody who growing up uh was a fan of comedy or someone who saw himself as one day becoming a comedian and I think, you know, as I, as I went off to college, I feel like I was watching, you know, a lot of the, the Simpsons, a lot of Seinfeld, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of Monty Python, you know, mm-hmm. you know, standard like, oh, here are the classic comedies of the era yeah. uh, or multiple eras. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was a big fan of, of Taxi. Uh, nice. And what's interesting, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, when I got into comedy, it wasn't so much that I was, wasn't so much that I was uh, driven to do comedy. It was that, you know, throughout college, and I was, I was a, I was an English major at Boston University. After my junior year of college, the summer before my senior year, I decided to write a novel, and it was a, you know, a dystopian novel. It was very bad. <laughs> I mean, it probably would have been very bad. I spent two months planning it out and planning out the plot and planning out, and then I got like. 800 words into writing the actual thing and i'm like oh god this is awful that's like my community script i should not have spent like two months figuring all this out and outlining the characters and outlining the plot and outlining this and that and wait a minute i can't actually i can't actually write this uh like i should have probably started writing it and then you know uh, anyway i kind of decided uh as i went back to college for my senior year i need to find some kind of artistic writing outlet where I can write the thing and find out immediately, ideally later that day, if it's any good. And I feel like this was, you know, before, like not before uh, 
blogs, for example, but, you know, before a lot of blog-adjacent things, before, you know, Twitter or uh, uh, this and that, and what I decided was my two options were I could uh, write poetry and go to poetry readings, uh, which I had done and, you know, didn't really enjoy it. Uh, it went pretty well, but I was like, oh, I don't necessarily have anything in common with the rest of these people who are also reading poetry. Mm-hmm. Or alternately, I, I could uh, do stand-up comedy. And I decided, well, I'm going to give that a shot. And, you know, maybe it's going to be awful. And if it is, I, can, I get to stop doing it. <laughs> uh, and if it's not, well, I guess I can keep doing it. And I went up the first time and it went pretty well. And I went up the second time nice. and it went well. And uh, I've kind of been there ever since uh, until a couple of years ago. Uh, and probably again, I hope in the near future. When you decided to start doing stand-up, were there any particular comedians that you kind of looked towards as guidance? Um, I was a, uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I already mentioned Monty Python. I already, sure. uh, Stephen Wright. I was a big fan of Stephen sure. Wright. Uh, Emo Phillips. Love Emo uh, Phillips. Yeah, uh, I, I, and it's, it's funny because, like, I'm going to say this, and it's, it's going to be, it's not stand-up. But I feel like the thing I, looking back at it, like the thing I was doing that I kind of didn't realize I was doing for a few months was, you remember Pinky and the Brain? Absolutely. I feel like, wow, looking back on it, you know, a year in, at least 20% of it is just the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Not, you know, not like uh, doing an Orson Welles impersonation, but just kind of being like, ah, this is what I am doing, and I have plots to destroy the world. And I, like, I literally, I, I don't know if you saw my Conan set, yeah, uh, in which I opened with a joke about having, uh, you know, about having two folders, one of which reads Teen Angst poetry, the other of which reads plots to destroy the world. Uh but that was pretty much my life up till that now. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, and kind of, and and it's almost like what I was saying with the the paintball thing. It's like once, like once you get on one of the, like you 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 do these things, um, you know, whether it's on a show or whether it's doing stand up, and once you have a couple things that really work, it's easy to say, all right. This is what I am. Everything I'm going to be doing from now on is uh, in its own way influenced by this thing that I just did that went well. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I did things that went well and they didn't they didn't have that kind of influence. But you never know. Did you always think that was going to translate to acting or did that just kind of. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, when I was doing stand up at at first in. in, um, And, yeah, now we're getting back into this. you know, senior year of college, my plan was, all right, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to finish my senior year because, you know, it's it's my senior year. I've, I've already done all the stuff that isn't kind of uh, just like, well, I got to do eight more classes. Uh, and I'm going to apply to grad school. And, you know, I'm going to... Uh, go to grad school and become an English professor, which, um, you know, I was, was my plan up until I had been in grad school for a year and 
uh, realized I did not like teaching. <laughs> uh, and I probably should have figured that out before I, uh, you know, uh, applied for grad school, uh, moved across the country to Los Angeles, uh, finished a year. <laughs> and, yeah, eventually it was just like, oh, I, I hate this so much. And I feel so overwhelmed by this uh, mm. that, you know, I got way behind on my work. They uh, threatened to revoke my scholarship. And I, I was like, OK, well, then I guess I have to drop out. Mm. And, you know, at the time I was severely depressed. And but I was living in Los Angeles and I figured, well, as long as I'm here, I might as well get a job and, you know, at this point I've been doing comedy for, you know, my senior year, the year after my senior year, kind of off and on the one year I was in grad school. Um, and I think it's going well enough that, uh, I, maybe not, but maybe I could make a career out of it and kind of not really. I've always had a day job, <laughs> but you know, I've, I've been on some shows. Yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate you sharing um, about the depression thing. Uh, this podcast yeah. is, uh, um, yeah, I've shared a lot about my own journey and uh, yeah. bipolar and, and depression and ADD and those kinds of things. Yeah. And I mean, um, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's it's a really helpful thing to just, add, uh, you know, share and, and normalize. Sure, normal. and, Absolutely. You know, that, yeah, that, I mean, definitely. I, I have... Super you know, history of depression, uh, kind of multiple kinds of anxiety. I yeah. was diagnosed with ADD. I had a therapist a few years ago who said I had Asperger's. I mm. probably do. I don't mm. know. I mean, I feel like I, at this point, it's like, well, whatever I have, I've been coping with it for long enough that yeah. uh, yeah, it might as well just keep going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got I got a bipolar diagnosis, you know, just a few years ago, and so it's like, whoa, I've been coping with that for uh, thirty eight years. So, yeah, all right, yeah, I've been learning a lot with uh, taking medicine for the first time for something I should have been taking medicine for my whole life, and realizing, thank yeah, thank you, realizing that wow, my brain can work a little bit better if yeah. I like take care of it. How cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I yeah, cool. and it's just like looking back on it. Like, and it, it's weird because it's like I've had these things and I've dealt with these things and they've caused me problems, but also like, hey, I used to panic until one day I decided, what if I panic live on stage? Yeah. And that went well incredible. enough that they called me up to panic on a national level. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, that's, that's funny. Um, so did you do any improv groups or anything like that? Or uh, no, Not really. I mean, I've done a very, very, very small amount of improv. Like, I, it never... Like it never had a lot of appeal for me because it, it, it just kind of seems like one of those things where even if it goes well, you got to start from scratch next time. Yeah. Um, like I feel like that's the thing. If you do stand up and you're doing some new stuff and it goes well, you can do that for years. Mm. You can make an album with that. You can, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, write a script based on it. There are so many things you can um, do with it. And yeah, I, I had been doing stand up for around a decade and I, I decided you know what? I probably should try improv. I probably should like make sure that there's nothing there that I could learn about comedy that I haven't learned from uh, doing stand-up all these years. And mm. I mean, maybe there was, but if so, I didn't learn it. 
Okay. <laughs> um, well, I was curious. I really enjoyed watching the Eric the Librarian videos. I thought those were so hilarious. So I that I was, was actually I was gonna st I was going to mention that because I, I feel like that's kind of the missing link here uh, between uh, you know Eric the comedian and Eric the Garrett. Yeah, was Eric the Librarian, which was uh, so Brent funny. Forrester, who was uh, you know, and if you look at this guy, like a brilliant writer. You know, with like he he was a writer for the Simpsons seasons like six through eight. He wrote wow. for King of the Hill. Wow. He wrote for The Office. He wrote for uh, Mr. Show with uh, he was uh, Dino Stamatopoulos's writing partner at the time, actually. Oh wow! Uh, and he did the pre-taped call-in show sketch and the uh, the audition sketch and some of the you know the great sketches of that series. Wow! But anyway, cool. I was doing stand-up at a uh, club in Santa Monica. And he was also doing something on the show and he saw me. And at, at this time it was uh, the writer's strike of like 2007, 2008. And he was like, well, we are probably going to be, um, you know, uh, not, not shooting uh, the second season, third season of The Office immediately because uh, everyone's on strike. And I have a, he has a contract to, uh, direct an episode of The Office and he'd never directed anything before. So he decided, you know what? I'm gonna uh, get some people together and uh, you know, shoot this kind of short series of internet videos. Uh, and you know, the, the, the character, you know, and, and he got Mindy Kaling, he got uh, Matt Besser, Matt Bronger mm -hmm. and the lead this kind of like weird intense librarian so uh who, you know look it up uh if you haven't seen it um he was like oh this weird intense comedian i just saw the show probably could play that uh librarian <laughs> so you know i got to do that and i hadn't acted before at like any point since high school and you know looking back on it there's some stuff that it's like oh i wouldn't have done it that way but also stuff that's like oh this is actually uh this is fun i mean you yeah. know for something I hadn't done before, something that I was um, not entirely confident in. And what happened with that was the Russo brothers saw it. Wow. And that was actually cool. kind of how I got into community was the Russo brothers uh, were like, hey, we're trying to get some, you know, it was pitched to me like, hey, we want to have like some recurring characters like the Simpsons has recurring characters. Yeah. So it's like, okay, uh, I'm the sea captain. <laughs> you know arr, arr, arr. no i'm not that guy uh but and it, it's funny because i did know dan Harmon at the time like i i i was never in a uh, channel 101 series but i used to go to channel 101 screenings oh cool and i feel like a lot of the people there knew me as a, a comedian who you know also used to watch a lot of the shows and but I mean, that turned out to be like largely, if not entirely unrelated to what directly got me the role. And, uh, you know, which was, oh, I did this web series that I don't think ever got a lot of views, but two of the views it did get were, uh, you know, directing this uh, new NBC series. And they're like, well, we can't make any promises, but we'll have you on once and maybe we'll find something else for you to do. And, you know, here we are a decade later. <laughs> Did it feel that way for a while? Uh, kind of, okay, maybe I'll get called back a few times. Or was there a certain point when you knew that you were a part of the show? Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, I am. Um, and I, I, and I think there, there are, 
like looking back on that first season, there are a lot of characters who end up coming back. I mean, there's me, there's Leonard, there's mm. uh, um, uh, Starburns, who if he, if he counts, because he was obviously there anyway. <laughs> uh, but there's also like a lot of people who were on the first first season of that show like once or twice. Like uh, I just remember uh, Matt Jones, the guy who played uh, Badger in Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. Yeah. Uh, was on like three episodes of season one and i think i think actually i think he got breaking bad i think that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) but also like yeah i feel like some of them it's like oh we haven't you know we've had this guy on three times and you know for whatever reason we haven't come up with a bit we can go to that justifies you know like oh we need somebody to panic Let's call this guy in. <laughs> oh, we need somebody to make a snide comment. That's Leonard. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, and no fault of the actors, no fault of the writers for that matter. Just like, it just seems like one of those things where with a lot of the, yeah, with a lot of the people who ended up being recurring characters, it was just kind of like, a, well, let's uh, let's bring him in and see if he fits into, uh, you know, something we need to bring in every few episodes. Hmm. Um, and that's you know I think uh, you mentioned Craig Kakowski you know it's like oh well sometimes we need a campus police officer yeah so might as well be this guy I <laughs> love the connection to the Simpsons because I, I really feel that Greendale is so much like Springfield that they can just angry mob over everything and having those familiar faces really make the show what it is yeah yeah no it's definitely yeah one of those things where you know whether they're you know characters like like uh me or uh leonard or uh you know neil vicky those like who kind of show up over and over again or you know even people who like show up like three or four times it's like oh this is an actual place these people are you know you you would see that guy in the hall a couple times a year and be like oh that guy what's his deal (laughs) (laughs) like oh it's the it's the guy who's always uh you know, walking down the hall, rapping or whatever. I, I, I think I might have just described magnitude. That was not deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your favorite moments about being on set? You know, what um, did you get to make connections with any any of the folks, other actors? And yeah, I mean, the kind of the the thing about being on set, and this is something that I am kind of proud of, and also in retrospect, kind of regret, is that. At the time, I had a day job where I worked from home. Mm. And uh, like I was a a copywriter for this uh, website, Gold Star, that sold theater tickets. And, you know, I, I when I got the part on Community, I basically told them, listen, I will try to miss as little time from my day job as possible. I mean, A, because obviously I need to pay rent, but also because, you know, I don't want, I don't want to lose this job over something that I'm doing for, you know, 12, 15 days out of the year, because that's not enough to make up for the job. (laughs) So I, I think a lot of the time when I wasn't actively filming, I was just kind of up in my dressing room working. Hmm. and I, you know in a way that was good but in a way it's like oh i feel like it wasn't until like the last year or two after i had ended up losing that job i got laid off hmm. 
that I really felt like I, I was spending time on set and, and talking to people. And not that I didn't talk to anyone, but yeah. like, I think I did that less than I otherwise would have. And, um, you know, maybe missed out on some of that, but so if I'm, if I'm talking about being on set, it's, it is kind of like, I mean, and obviously the, the shooting days were frequently absurdly long. Yeah. And sometimes like i i remember i think the the worst that it got and i'm i'm, I'm using worst in quotation marks because i mean honestly i i'm at the end of it i got paid for three days yeah. <laughs> was the uh season two uh, epidemiology uh, mm. uh zombie episode where they called me in on tuesday on tuesday and they said, all right, you're going to be one of the zombies. And, you know, they, uh, they're, they, they're like, well, we we're probably going to shoot this later today. We'll let you know. And I waited for 12 hours and they didn't shoot that scene today. <laughs> and they're like, come back on, on Wednesday. Come in on Wednesday. Yeah, we're probably going to shoot this scene today. Uh, yeah, you know, I wait another twelve hours. Uh, I think they, uh, you know, they they get me through makeup, and they don't they don't get around to the scene. <laughs> Thursday comes along, you know, they they, uh, you know, uh, they bring me in at like uh, noon, and I go upstairs, and I'm like, well, they're kind of running out of days to film this, <laughs> and you know, around ten o'clock, eleven o'clock p.m., they call me down. And I'm in like six frames of that episode. <laughs> I'm literally like, there's a crowd scene. They briefly cut to me. I'm wearing a hamster costume. I remember. It's a beautiful costume. It's a beautiful costume. I wish they had used more of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it was literally like three takes, I think, because the, uh, the, the, the glass didn't break the first take. So <laughs> it's like, okay, we need to get this again. Got this. Get a second one. Got this. Go home. <laughs> 36 hours. Uh, but it was, um, so, but yeah, no, it was honestly, it was a lot of fun just being able to, being able to do it, being able to, I, I remember the, I mean, you mentioned the Model UN crisis alert episode. I remember getting that script and thinking to myself, wow, I have like eight, 10 lines in this script. Unfortunately, none of them are funny. Like mm. I, I'm just kind of doing exposition, mm. <laughs> and you know, I tell my wife that, and she's like, "Oh, you know, that's still, still, still good." And I get there and I start doing it, and I'm like, you know, "Crisis alert! The prime minister in exile!" <laughs> and everyone on set starts cracking up, and I'm like, "Okay, I guess the writers know more than I do about this. That was funny." <laughs> That's and I really think that was kind of what, like, one of the things that eventually uh, they kept bringing me back because, you know, obviously I, I had a lot of very good punchlines, but they could also just kind of give me something that would have been exposition, would have been like, kind of like, well, somebody has to say this. And, you know, because I was this established character, because, you know, people knew oh yeah yeah this is that guy who's uh, always shouting for some reason <laughs> uh i could get a lot of a laugh out of stuff that wasn't necessarily uh, uh 
you know, written to be a laugh. Yeah. Which that's awesome. No, I always enjoyed because it's like, oh, I, well, yeah. I, you know, it's one thing to to get the you know great script and just kind of like pull it off. It's another thing to be like, okay, I'm actually earning my keep here because, you know, not saying nobody else could have made probably other people could have made it funny certainly, but, you know, well, you know, it's it's kind of does need to be me. Yeah. Or someone else. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. No, totally. uh, I hope, I mean, I really hope you know how much, um, you, you know, your personality and, and what you brought to that character is valued by the, by the community fans because it's, it's just so unique and, and, um, um, yeah, it's, it, and, and it just brings pleasure to me every time I, I you do those, Thanks. those lines. So, yeah. Um, that's yeah. where I get to be a fanboy and just like, I don't know, and just say those kinds of things. You should know it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's weird to be, maybe it's not weird to be an actor if like your whole career is acting. Mm-hmm. But from my point of view, coming from stand-up, coming from, all right, well, if I want to get a laugh, I need to write it and I need to memorize it and I need to go up. It's weird to be like, okay, I get. I guess I get to do... Uh, you know, I guess I get to do this line that was handed to me. And, you know, a lot of the time it's a great line, but it's, I, I, there is this kind of feeling like, okay, how much, how much credit can I take for this? Cause mm-hmm. it's not, yeah, I didn't write it. Yeah. They just gave yeah, it to me. Your voice is so much that character that I think it's okay to take a little bit of credit yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, someone mentioned, I can't quote exactly who recently that they can't explain why, but to them, Garrett is kind of the heart of the show. And when you talk about Greendale, being a character just as much as anyone else. I think Garrett kind of is the center of that, of the type of person that makes Greendale what it is. And so much of that is your voice. So it's super cool. You did a great I think job. The, I, yeah, I mean, not to, sorry again, uh, not to not to interrupt, but no, I think the one thing that, uh, yeah, one of many things I've said about Garrett, I played the guy for six years. I, I obviously have said many things about him, <laughs> is that there's this kind of, even like when he's panicking, <laughs> there's kind of this underlying expectation that I was expecting this to go very well. And then it did not like he, he's always constantly surprised by, you know, the, the, the messes he gets into, even though the only thing we really see him doing is getting into more messes. (laughs) And uh, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that says something about, uh, yeah, I, I think Greendale's kind of the same thing. Like, everyone's really mm-hmm. trying to make this, uh, you know, uh, a, a good school, a school where, you know, people learn things and, uh, you know, advance their careers and, uh, you know, uh, things aren't constantly uh, getting uh, damaged or uh, <laughs> shot by paintballs, but mm-hmm. and yet it still happens. Yeah, yet it's, it still happens. <laughs> yeah and somehow um, and somehow garrett was a six-year student at least seven at least because yeah, in uh, garrett's first appearance uh um where he's in uh, uh professor duncan's mm-hmm. psychology class part of the plot of that episode is that annie managed to get oh. uh accepted to that class despite being a freshman which is very, very unusual true. apparently yeah so we have to assume that Garrett was not a freshman. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so it's, yeah, seven years. Uh, maybe he graduated. He certainly got married. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good segue to um, your most in, uh, infamous episode, uh, The Incest Wedding. Um, <laughs> what was it like getting that script? Um, I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite episodes, at, uh, um, certainly because of you, certainly because of just, uh, well, uh, Elroy gets to, to deliver Keith one David of them. Uh, Keith David there. delivers one of my favorite. What a good episode. I feel like it's Ryan. one of my favorite Chang episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Ch- yep. Chang episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone, there's a lot of folks. The penultimate get episode of the series. You know, Keith David once did an impression of me. <laughs> Can we start there? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Can we, like, I, I certainly cannot do the reverse, and I will not try. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But it's funny that you started that by saying when you got the script, because <laughs> there was no when I got the script. The interesting thing about that episode was we filmed it. It was the next to last episode. The next to last episode that aired, and also the next to last episode that we filmed. And it was... After the last paintball episode, and right before, obviously, the what ended up being the series finale. Yeah. So they kind of were working so hard on that one, and then they had to jump to the other one, that that script was not really ready when we started filming. Like, for most of the week, we were at most six to eight hours ahead of um of of where filming was wow so you know we would show up in the morning and we would get the sides with the what we're filming the first half of the day and then at some point before lunch we would get the what we were filming the second half of the day and you know, and hearing rumors about, oh, you know, this is what's going to happen next, and this is what's going to happen next, and you know, it's, a lot of it ended up not happening. A lot of it, uh, <laughs> I, I think, and I think, you know, in addition to obviously kind of being given uh, almost a showcase in that episode, like being able to do a lot of things and, you know, have a, a character arc in a way that Garrett really didn't get to. Yeah. Like there was something very emotional uh, emotional about the experience of uh kind of going on that journey with Garrett where mm. you know, I knew I was going to be I knew the episode was going to be about my wedding. And you know, I show up on the second day and you know, they filmed it in order. I show up on the second day, they give me my wedding speech. I give my wedding speech. At the end of the day, I hear rumors that yeah, something bad might happen to Garrett tomorrow. <laughs> like, apparently, there's something that uh, they might have to annul the wedding. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, wait, she, she's, she's my cousin? What? <laughs> and I think, you know, and, and I, I think, like, at one point, I remember hearing, oh, the, the tag after the series is going to be like, uh, there's a point where Chang goes off with uh, Bones, uh, Garrett's uh, brother, brother, cousin, brother, brother, yeah. Um, you know, also me in like this, you know, terrible wig and like a <laughs> yeah. camo jacket. And <laughs> wow, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're being boisterous. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, he doesn't say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta, 
I, I got to give a speech for my brother. Let, let me through. I, I'm not that drunk. <laughs> uh, and anyway, there's a point where Chang just kind of draws bones away from the, the main body of the, uh, the wedding. And I was told, like, oh, the tag is going to be like, uh, ch- you know, Chang and Bones out on the town. You know, going to a carnival, uh, you know, having uh, having hot dogs together or something. Um, and you know, and I, I I got there on the last day, and it's like, oh no, Chang's Chang's coming back. He's gonna he's gonna convince you to stay married. And you know, and and just that that speech where he he says it's you against the world, and you will not win, but you get to make your choices, not them. Mm. I, 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 I was legitimately crying because I, it was kind of like, I mean, I, I was physically exhausted and mentally exhausted, but also like just, I, I was thinking back about the, the many, the, the years in which yeah, every year we were like, oh, this is, this could be the year we get canceled. And no, we just made it. And this could be the year we get canceled. And oh, we got canceled, but they're bringing us back. Mm. And and just like the how the show just kept on, mm. you know, losing characters and uh, you know moving to a different network or not even really a network. And I, I just <laughs> kept kept getting back up and kept, um, you know, and and particularly in that last season, how. Like I felt like I was finally like I I almost never ad libbed on that show, but there were a couple points on the, in that last season where you know it's like oh I kind of went off and I, I uh, did an extra tag on that and they kept it so it was like like it, it and it, it just felt like oh you know like in a way this is probably the last season but another uh, and you know in another way we survived we kept getting stronger we kept uh you know kept coming back out and doing another show and yeah and another season and and uh i don't know i don't really know how to put it into words but that was no you did it uh, very very well just, i really appreciate that there's a lot of emotion incredible. a lot of emotion I, in that. you know it's like uh, i've reach the top of the mountain and the top of the mountain yeah. is that uh, my, my cousin's there and we'll get married <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't say enough good things about that episode um another great episode is are, aren't you glip glop from that season too? yes oh yes i just remember yeah i remember like that one was weird because it's like so much of it was animated and i, I didn't get to I didn't know what Glipbox looked like. I was like, oh, he's some kind of like green guy. And I envisioned like the, those, uh, what is it? The foot fungus commercials where it's like, eh, it's not exactly the same green guy. But I, I was not envisioning the boxing gloves. <laughs> but I remember going up there and being like, all right, I'm going to play an alien. And it's like, oh, I'm an evil spy. Huh? And they told me like, wait a minute. If you're not on screen and you're doing that voice, nobody's going to know it's Garrett. <laughs> so it's like, you got to dial it back like two thirds. And I'm like, okay, I can, I'm an evil spy. Yuba, dooba, dooba. 
it was a fun and i think that was another interesting that's another season six one where it's like we see garrett kind of kind of full of himself kind of like yeah weirdly yeah. confident you know his feet up on the desk you know he's got his uh, t-shirt printed yep. like he's, he's, he's a hashtag <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah that was that was a fun one it was it definitely like because a fair amount of it was kind of um you know cgi after the fact i didn't know how it was going to turn out but i i enjoyed doing it and i i think it turned out pretty well yeah yeah definitely um great it's a really fun episode um absolutely i love that one it's very memeable that episode definitely has a, a lot of memes from it do you have any fa- favorite character other characters that you really liked from the show do you have any oh, favorite boy. episodes uh, anyone that you really connected with you know i always felt a weird kinship to britta hmm. nice love britta yeah no i just feel like there's that like that kind of common i mean i love all of them what am i saying but you know sure. that kind of combination of like just confidence and hatlessness and indignation i mean it's <laughs> uh, you know oh guy who played garrett uh relates to that but <laughs> Yeah. You know, also, yeah, I I just remember being weirdly intimidated by Gillian Jacobs, though. Mm. It's a, uh, which is not, no, she's she's very nice. She's you know oh, yeah, not yeah. at all intimidating, which I feel like is kind of the weird case with me. Like I feel more intimidated when people aren't at all intimidating <laughs> because it's like, oh man, if this guy turned around and got mad at me. I must really be screwing up. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the least judgmental people I have known have, have scared me the most. But yeah. no, she she does. I mean, you know, as I said, everyone does a great job. I don't know why I'm singling one person out. Except no, no, no. I would need a single one person I did, out. I don't have our favorites. It's okay. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Abed, obviously. Abed, uh, you know, the Jeff Chang. I could yeah. just, I'm just going to keep naming the characters. I'm just going to keep doing Ken Chong. Yeah. What do we need to say? Nicest about man in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've interviewed him on the show. Or... Yeah, I have. Yeah, like he is definitely he's, he's he kind of sticks out as like a guy who like I, I'm not saying like obviously the rest of the cast not yeah, um, but like just kind of yeah the way he was like just so uh, you know so positive so energetic and so kind of. Uh, really invested in you know what what we were doing on the show and the the people around him and hmm. um yeah i think it was i think part of it might have been also that we like we used to do stand-up together like we did we did shows cool. at the improv when he was uh like in the late in the mid like kind of pre the hangover immediately post the hangover like yeah he used to he used to have this act with uh, my friend mike o'connell it was like a musical comedy duo. Huh. Cool. And I didn't know about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that. And obviously, you know, you know, trying so many, so many classic moments, like the time, <laughs> like the actually my least favorite uh, moment, like not his fault. Least favorite moment filming. I mean, even even ahead of uh, the paintball like actually getting shot by a paintball in the first <laughs> season, which I think they, 
they they wisely decided not to do after that first season uh, <laughs> uh, was um, the uh, the clip show episode where uh, Chang is trying to uh, uh, do a minority report thing with Garrett. Oh yeah. And the only thing I oh, remember yeah. about that was it was like the last it was like the last episode we shot before the Christmas break, and. We shot that scene at like 11 p.m. Okay. And it was like 40 degrees and, and my trailer was outside. Normally they had me upstairs. This time they had me outside. So they're, you know, they're like, okay, well, we are going to put you into this kiddie pool with uh, like track lighting under it. And, I, you know, I was told like, oh, we've covered the lighting. We have, we have uh, safety precautions uh -huh. in case some of this water leaks. But, okay, I get in there. Uh, you know, I do my thing. I don't die. And then, you know, I get out soaking wet, wearing only... Like, for some reason, they were really fond of, like, putting me in spandex. <laughs> like, that's not the only episode where yeah. they were like, let's custom order a spandex bodysuit for this guy. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, soaking wet, and it's like, okay... We're going to put a towel around you and please just get back to your, you know, back to your dressing room outdoors in 40 degree weather as nice. quickly as possible. Because nice. <laughs> uh, well, I'm in Pennsylvania right now, so uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, 40 I mean, degrees. Was, I'd love 40 degrees. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it, it's also like, yeah, honestly, like I, you know, I went to college in Boston. I, I grew up yeah. in, I mean, I grew up in Florida, but before that, I grew up in New York. I've, I've definitely dealt with worse, but yeah. maybe not in a uh, soaking wet spandex yeah, yeah. bodysuit. I would say definitely not. In... Yeah. No, that's that's not ideal situation. So. <laughs> but I mean, it, it worked out. I mean, that was, uh, it was a good episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any storylines that you wish would have happened in the show? Maybe yeah, I can't think of anything in particular. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm just curious if you have any hot takes on the show or any storylines or something you wish that uh, um, you would have seen in the show. I mean, to, I don't know. Go back to my, like, this is not a storyline. This is not anything like that. But I do kind of wish that there had been more, like, I feel like I, I there are very few moments where Garrett is, talking to Britta hmm. and that's like I you know I feel like whenever we're in a scene together it's like oh yes but there's also eight other people in the scene and you know and I I do think that I mean I do think that there's like something funny that could have been gotten from that particular combination of characters uh -huh. but also they got a lot of funny stuff out of uh everything else they did so yeah yeah you just gave me a vision of britta being garrett's psychiatrist i think that'd be a great setup but just like both of them like trading stories about yeah. you know the the things they had done that week and the horrible results that had uh happened yeah yeah i could see them like both showing up in the same uh doctor's office like the waiting room <laughs> and and like commiserating and talking yeah uh, about uh, i don't know foot doctors or something um <laughs> do, uh what do you think is in store for garrett in the movie you, you, are you gonna pitch anything 
Or you just hope that he's in the movie. I mean, yeah, I just I just hope that they they do a they do a Garrett movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like if they can't get anyone else, I'm available. <laughs> if I'd they can't it. get anyone else, I'm still yeah. available. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> so, so you know, Donald Glover, sorry. Uh it's fine if you yeah. can't do this movie. Uh we've got Maybe Aaron. there's a Don't maybe there's it. a scene in the Garrett movie where uh Troy shows up and he's panicking. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I I honestly I've heard nothing about a movie. I mean, obviously nobody's uh like I don't think I would be the first person they'd tell, uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I honestly, if there does end up being a movie, I would just like to be invited. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff they have to get out, and if they can, uh, you know, make a little room for Garrett in there, that's fine by me. <laughs> I think they have to. Yeah, I think it's clear. Yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah where do you think garrett is right now you know like what you know he's married uh, to dan Harmon's ex-wife um <laughs> I, I i'm i'm he's probably still at greendale yeah. i just i just like the one thing i always figured about garrett i mean because he kept on being there i mean so did all of them to an extent but yeah. was that you know maybe he signs up for classes every year you know, as I said before, I, I, I oh, this is going to be great. I'm finally going to get my degree. And then, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the exam comes around or the time to, you know, submit the final paper. And it's, I, I, I tried everything. I fell asleep while trying to study. I just can't do it. But uh, I hope he's happy. Nice. I hope his marriage to his cousin's going well. I hope he's uh-huh. found some measure of joy in his life Hmm. (laughs) because he certainly didn't in those six years (laughs) for the most part yeah Uh, you got to do a little bit of reunion on dr ken how was that that was fun it was it was uh yeah it was uh you know kind of a kind of a uh surprising last minute thing i i just they told me like hey we're bringing we're bringing in a few of the few of the guys and it was nice to see you know obviously uh danielle and uh uh you know uh richard Ehrman who played leonard yeah. who was like that was that was one of those things where it's like you know working with him and like obviously you know yeah. him being like extremely funny and then i you know you come home and it's like oh who is this guy and it's like wow he uh he's been acting since the 40s and yeah like he was on one of the best Twilight Zone episodes, one with the stopwatch. Mm. And, you know, he directed two episodes of the Mary Tyler Moore. No, the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this guy was like part of, you know, television history since like yeah. Yeah. since there was television. Yeah. And, yeah. He was in an episode or he was in a movie with my grandfather. Uh, ah, which one? Uh, I off the top of my head, I can't remember. Uh, but I have to look it up. Um it, uh but yeah it's that's you know it's like wild i wish i would have been able to ask him like you know what was yeah. it like it's just it's such a shame well i am curious i'd like to hear a little bit about your conan experience oh that was that was uh that was a, that was obviously a you know a great honor uh yeah. and the interesting thing about that was i i filmed the episode in 
2012, I think, 2013, yeah. 13, I think. Uh, and the, uh, the, the booker uh, who, who booked the stand-up acts for Conan, J.P. Buck, was, he used to be the booker of the Aspen Comedy Festival. Um, back when that, I mean, that was like one of the, like for, for years, it was like Aspen and Montreal. And then I was in the, I was actually in the last uh, Aspen Comedy Festival. Cool. Um, anyway, he booked me for that with, uh, like when I was depressed and when I was, uh, you know, just dropped out of grad school, starting to do stand up. Uh, every, every show I did, I'd be like, okay, I've got some new stuff. I'm going to do some new stuff. And then I had this thing in the back of my mind, like, well, what if somebody in the audience hasn't seen me and I don't do my best material and they think, oh, this, this new thing that he tried that didn't work, that's who he is. Hmm. So, you know, I, for 18 months, I was, you know, severely depressed and like, didn't have the confidence to do anything more than like the same 10 minutes of material over and over and over and over again. And in 2006, when I finally started coming out of my depression that material was so well rehearsed at that point that i ended up getting this festival uh just because you know it was like oh this is really solid bulletproof material and you know i i did that in 2007 and a lot of it was stuff i had been doing in uh, 2002 2003 when i just started out and you know and then five years after that i obviously kept writing kept performing and you know they they called me they were like oh we want you to do we want you to do conan uh next week wow like i had auditioned for it a couple of years ago and they were like yeah we we certainly like him obviously but uh not right now and somebody had to drop out and they were like oh uh are you available in five days wow and we want you to do basically the set you did in aspen five years ago so it was very weird like going up like on national television, national stand-up television debut. Yeah. Closing with the second joke I ever did. Wow. Like wow. in my first set, like the the um, it's raining men joke. Uh, and, you know, I, it's a joke about like the song "It's Raining Men" and how that would be horrible because you know <laughs> men would be crashing and uh, you know killing people and destroying buildings and um. So kind of to, you know, go up on stage in 2002 with literally five minutes of material written on a piece of paper that I put on a music stand. Fast forward 11 years, here I am on, you know, on TBS doing the same material mm. was strange, but mm. kind of cool. That is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite joke that you've written? Oh, uh, I, I have. It's like your babies. So I'm sorry for yeah, asking. No, I asking. Have, that's the thing. It's like, I have, do I have the joke that I enjoy doing the most? Yes. Do I have the joke that I think is kind of the best crafted one? Yes. <laughs> uh, do I have, I, I have this, this, um, I don't know. I'm for some reason, like the two jokes come, two jokes come to mind, and one of them is this like three-minute-long rambling thing. Not my best joke. This is one is like not my best joke, but it's a lot of fun to do. Where it's 
Like it's it's like a, a play on the old like oh a horse walks into the bar and you know the bartender says why the long face only on this one the bartender says why the long socks <laughs> and the horse is like what do you mean socks and you know it goes on and on and like, oh yeah I'm, you know I was just uh, asking about your socks I wasn't trying to you know uh, make a joke and you know the horse is like oh uh, those aren't socks my hair is just a different color near my hooves they call that socks but it's not real socks and the bartender says no those, those are socks argyle socks uh, and the horse looks down he is in fact this is the short version and then we're not halfway done with it <laughs> uh, uh, he says oh I don't know how those got on me and the bartender says maybe you can cut this you can seriously cut this no 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 no, no. <laughs> I love it no, maybe I'm someone cutting... put them on you while you were sleeping and the horse says no I'm a horse I sleep standing up that's not anyway this goes on and on for uh, I'm, I'm cutting a lot of it and it turns out that the horse put them on himself last night while he was blackout drunk, <laughs> woke up, immediately went back to a bar, doesn't even remember he's wearing the socks. So the question is, does the bartender serve him? <laughs> it's a moral dilemma. I hope that horse is okay. Yeah. Well, actually, in the real life event on which this joke is based the horse was not okay the horse oh, no. ended up drinking way too much getting behind the wheel of a car getting into an accident Ooh. suing the bar and the bartender uh you know because they he, they should have known he was an alcoholic yep. and it turns out the case was thrown out fortunately because why was a horse driving a car <laughs> anyway that's that's the short version I love and it. the other joke that, for whatever reason, comes to mind uh, is my wife is a real person. <laughs> and that's it. That's uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I love yeah. It. I don't know. I have, I have, I'm I'm trying to remember my jokes, and it's like you know, because the pandemic, I haven't been on stage in yeah. two years, oh, yeah. and yeah. it's. Like, oh, wow, I remember that one. Oh, and the one with the argument with my roommate. And the one where I'm, oh, why am I not doing, oh, that's why I'm not doing them. I should do them again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's been. That's, that's really funny. Um, yeah. I have one joke that I wrote in it. And it's, it's uh, I don't know. I'll just say it because um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of, every once in a while, I'll write something and I'm like, Oh, I think I'm I'm pretty funny. I could do this. And then I'm like, no, there's like six months go by, and I'm like, oh, I I've, no, I I would dishonor the the name of comedian. Anyway, my joke <laughs> is this. All right, what Nailed do it. white supremacists use for sex lube? Oh no! <laughs> what? Wow, this got uh, it's got serious now. Yeah. What? KKKY. Ah. No, that doesn't pass. Yeah, yeah, you you at home can't see that I'm shaking my head, but uh, it played very well here in Indiana. That I am, I'm shaking my head. Boo, would I get booed for that? No, I, I don't I, know that you get booed. I don't know. I I don't know what anyone would get at this point. All right, I, I haven't <laughs> been doing it for. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a like a it's kind of a lowbrow. Uh, yeah. So all right, all right, I'll try better. <laughs> it may, it I may guess, I find that like kind of like question answer jokes are they're, they're tough yeah okay that's a good they're thank you for that feedback like, that is the thing about like 
not to turn this back into like a big lecture, but it's like, that's to me kind of the difference, like one of the differences between stand up and uh, acting that was very difficult for me was mm. like when you're acting, um, you're playing off someone normally. So it's like all your timing is like, oh, I say this, and then this person says this, and then I I come in at the exact right time and say this. Yeah. On stage, you have to you really have to supply a lot of that yourself. Hmm. And or I mean, obviously you want to be timing off your the the laughter of the audience. Which is why it's so difficult when it's not laughing. I, I uh, during the pandemic, I did a couple of like stand-up shows over Zoom. Cool. And that was enough for me because it's like I don't know. I kind of think of like this difference between stand-up and acting as the difference between playing tennis against an opponent and playing mm-hmm. tennis against a wall. Mm-hmm. And 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 the Zoom thing was just kind of like hitting tennis balls into a field. <laughs> it's like this works, this works, that doesn't work. Like it's you, you don't yeah. have the the you can't get the rhythm right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's that's really interesting. It, uh, that's why I love these conversations because uh, I learn so much, and and uh, usually from me failing at something. Um, either failing at being a good interview or failing at uh, making uh, jokes. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate your willingness to. Well, to you know me, me, I fail at everything. That's that's the whole character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I think you succeeded at getting married and uh, being, you know, doing. Barely. Yeah. Yeah, but what is success? I mean, success is like I the holder. Success I think. relative to Greendale. I think that might even yeah. be a thing they say on the show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like he's the maybe the only one who's like in a better place. No, some of them are in a slightly better place. Garrett like we don't know if Abed really like if Abed's uh you know film industry career mm-hmm. ends up taking off. I could imagine him struggling. Sure. I, I hope not. Yeah, uh, well, we're gonna find out. I think the movie's gonna happen. So, yeah, maybe uh, he can direct yeah, it. Yeah, um, <laughs> he'll, he'll direct. Abed will direct the community movie. That'll, That'll be, be super yeah. meta. Yeah, that sounds very community. Yeah, um, Zach, do you have any other questions? Uh, I, I we're hitting past a, a normally a point where I yeah I, no I, I wanna... this is just this is just a total delight. This is really fun to chat with you, Eric. Thanks. You're a super cool guy. Oh. I don't, I don't think so, but thanks. It was uh, <laughs> great talking to both of you, too. I, I um, really enjoyed kind of you know, revisiting things that I, I don't necessarily think about that much. Sure. Yeah. I mean, not that I, yeah, obviously, that sounded bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Oh, no. yeah, community. Someone wants to hear about that. No. I, I, I think no, I but understand. It's, it's so. Like, yeah. to know that I did it and that, yeah. you know, it was obviously in many ways a great experience but also it was so long ago and there's been so Mm. much life since then Mm -hmm. good and bad and Mm -hmm. different and uh Uh, well i'm not uh i don't do goodbyes very well so uh that's that's the worst part of my, my show is like so uh, but I just want to say thank you to Eric Charles Nielsen for being so on much. Six Seasons in a Podcast. Uh, it was an absolute delight. Great thank you stories. for having me. I was, uh, yeah. 
actually really nervous about this and it uh i think it went well i mean i probably need to cut out like two-thirds of what i said because i had talked way too much no you it nailed was, it yeah he was awesome <laughs> um so thanks uh, to zach for uh joining me as well thank and, you so much for having me and Alex. thanks for listening folks That was it. That's my chat along with Alex over on Six Seasons in a Podcast with Eric Charles Nielsen, Garrett Lambert. What a great conversation. Uh, a couple of things that I took away from it. I love the moments where uh, Eric got a little emotionally raw in that conversation. I find it so deeply interesting to hear stuff about community from the people who it wasn't the gospel that it is to us to them. It was their nine to five job. Or in the case of Eric, it was his sporadic work a day here and there job on top of his quote unquote real world job. So for Eric to open up about I don't know, his struggle uh, while working on Community and After to talk about uh, his work life, uh, to talk about his mental health through it all. Really, really interesting to me. It was really raw, really real. He came across this really nice guy. The only things I had ever seen of him were, of course, Community and some of his stand-up. So I didn't really know what to expect going into the conversation. I had only ever really seen him like on in character. So I was excited to talk to him and see if he's always on or if that's something that drops a little bit or I don't know. I didn't know how deep of a character this was. And he definitely is what you think based off of his presence. But he's a very, very chill guy underneath it. He's not the constant ball of anxiety. I, I liked hearing it's it sounded like I was talking to Garrett with a lot of wisdom, like reflecting on his life. I don't know. Eric's a cool guy. Shout out to Eric for being such a cool guy, being such a cool part of community. And again, major shout out to Alex at Six Seasons in a Podcast. Check out every episode of that show. The man's a legend, Alex. Thanks for letting me do it. Thanks for letting me share it on my own podcast feed. And now let's wrap this thing up. Thanks to you guys for listening to us every week, for helping us get to the point where we're able to do stuff like this, like talk to members of the show that we love so much. Uh, A lot of fun. It's been really cool to see where this podcast has gone from just starting it on a whim to where we are now and to think about where we're about to go in this new year. It's exciting times, and I hope you all stick around with us to wrap things up here. If you like what we do here and you want to help support us, I talked about it enough at the beginning. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Every patron uh, means a lot to us. It's so so meaningful to me and to Steven that you support what we do here, the silly little thing, uh, uh, talking with my friend about a show that we love, that that people support us in any way, but especially with a little bit of their money means a lot. So because of that, I'm going to end this show shouting out every patron that we have for the first time ever out loud on the show this is everyone including the ten dollar and up patrons we've got a couple at the five dollar level that i don't get a shout out as often as i would like but a lot of them have been here since the beginning which is nice our five dollar patrons are steven baker don't ask i don't know why he's on there i he could get anything that's on the patreon for free he does it it's his but we've got steven baker mandy h and alex burdeen rounding out the five dollar patrons thanks for the support you guys steven <laughs> the support that you guys add along with of course our beloved ten dollar and up patrons planeswalker prez brian thurman ace mary baker producer danny m lugo all beautiful people we will be back next week to talk about cooperative 
escapism in in or of i don't know familiar relations if you'd like to send in some trivia uh your episode mvp your favorite funny moment over to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com we'd love to have your input on the episode to discuss when we talk about it next week on top of that you can find us on social media if you don't want to pay for the patreon we're all over social media on facebook and youtube under our podcast name on twitter at you can't disappoint on instagram at can't disappoint podcast usually steven says that do i did i get all of it i think i did I think I did. And I think that's it. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter. Get your booster. I hope you had a great holiday, and we'll see you in the new year. Um, On behalf of Stephen Baker, I'm Zach Pruitt, and we'll see you next time. We love you. Thank you. Have a good week. Shout out, again, thank you to Eric Charles Nielsen and Alex and just everybody sharing all the love, all of it. Goodbye. Goodbye.